the world that we live in right now, that we are occupying, the planet that we are occupying currently right now, this world, Earth, the 7.6-ish billion people that live here. A high percentage of the 7.6 billion people that inhabit this earth have this much hope in eternity. The statistics just in Illinois scare me to death when, when it's approaching almost 76% of Illinois is lost. And maybe, you, maybe you've never been to church before, and if you, if you have never been to church before and you don't even, you've never heard of Jesus or you don't know what God did with Jesus for us, I'm excited that you're here today. Because what I'm getting ready to tell you, what I'm getting ready to share with you out of God's word, and we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5 again. Um, last week we started our, our, our sermon series on choices. This morning we're going to talk about choosing hope. Now, I want, I want to put this into perspective. Uh, uh, first of all, if you've never been to Connection before, uh, you're sitting next to somebody that is, they want to, they want to be, uh, they, we are family here. We don't meet strangers. It's just another member of our family that we haven't seen yet. So I know that there are some people here this morning that is the first time. And I just want to say welcome. Um, again, my name is Matt. But this morning, I'm going to teach you. See, I was over there sitting next to my, my beautiful, gorgeous, awesome wife. And I had the, I had the privilege of, of living in a country. And we celebrate Independence Day this week. I have the privilege, and I have the privilege, it is a privilege, because many people in this world don't have this freedom, that I can sit next to my wife, that I can sing songs to our God, and we can, in and, and, and worship, and I'm going to tell you right now, choosing hope, because I chose hope, and I chose to follow Christ with my life, let me show you what this looks like. I was able to sing, it's your breath, in my lungs. So we'll pour out the praise. We'll pour out the praise. You have to choose. This morning someone came up to me, uh, and, and they do this sometimes, um, and they said, hey, I was driving, I was driving to church, and I, said, and I was having a bad day. I was having a, already, you know, still in 928, but already having, they were having a bad day. And she said, I heard what you said a couple weeks ago, that sometimes we just need to crank the radio on some praise and worship music. And I play, if, if you're new to Connection, you're new to me, uh, I don't play this at all. My feet and hands don't work together. And it is an atrocity if I sit down here, okay? I don't speak drums. Okay? I play a little bit of guitar, but I cannot. It's difficult. It's bad. But I like to play water bottle drums in my truck. Safely. I was a driver's ed teacher, so one hand on the wheel. But I found that, like, you have symbols. Like, your, I mean, there's all kinds of symbols in, in, in my truck. I had, so I'm like, you know, and if I need a bass drum, like, it's the passenger seat. And I don't do that when Mary's in the truck, okay, or the kids. But there's all kinds of things. And I, I've found that whenever I'm having a bad day and I take the time to choose to choose to look at him that has given me that hope. When I choose to look at him and I put on some, some music that is really uplifting and it's, and it's, and it's uh, just a worship, worship time for me in the truck, people pass me on the road and they probably are thinking, my gosh, what is that guy listening to? Um, I, I hit every note on every drum solo in my truck. I mean, if you've ever played air guitar, you've never hit a wrong note. 
I mean, you play Freebird and never hit a wrong note on the solo. So I want, so this person, they said, I chose to, to make this time and to, to change my attitude, to get it right, to, to ask God to speak to me for today. So I chose to turn on the radio. And they said, do you know what happened? I said, what's that? She goes, my radio didn't work. I said, okay, then what'd you do? And she, and she looked at me very carefully and very, very, very straight in the eye. And she says this, I chose to pray for you and the people that would come here to Connection this morning. If, if the church, capital C, not Connection, not the churches of Jefferson County or this state or whatever. If the church, Jesus' church, the capital C church. If we would humble ourselves enough to choose hope in situations like that. Do you know how different your work at work would be? If you came in in a good attitude, your boss might pass out. Well, I have not ever seen you in a good mood when you're here. What do you choose? What? It's not like God plays Let's Make a Deal, although that is a fun show. And I feel so sorry when they get zonked. Don't you? I mean, do we know, I mean you know that that's back on TV, right? It's, it's a fun show. And this lady got some great big hamburger made out of, like, couch cushions the other day. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I felt bad. She chose wrongly. Now watch this. In that show, you can pick between a door, pick to this envelope, pick this box, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Watch. That's a game. God is not playing games with your hope. He says, I want you to trust me. I want you to choose me. And I want you to watch what I can do with you if you humble yourself before me. James 4.10 says, if we humble ourselves before the Lord, he will lift us up in honor. And that is not a place of edification for us. It is for me to tell of my story is to tell of what he has done in me. It's not about what Matt did. Matt messed it up real good, real good. But God, last week we talked about the choice is yours. We looked at what, it, what it's like to be spiritually poor. Now, I'm, I'm telling you this. If you know what it's like to be spiritually poor and how undeserving of God's love you are based on what you've done, and that's our sin, if you understand how spiritually poor you are, this is a big deal to you. If there's been a time in your life where you've chosen to follow Jesus Christ and you chose hope and the Holy Spirit lives inside you in every and all circumstances in this earth, you can choose hope. John Piper has a, a segment of, uh, on a song by the Shane and Shane, who's two, two guys, and they wrote, they wrote this this song, Though You Slay Me, we've done it here at church before. But in the middle, there's an excerpt from John, one of John Piper's sermons. And he talks about, he goes, he goes, you can choose hope, or to that effect, if you have cancer at 40. When you lose mom and dad, if you lost a child, if you, all of these things. But that's still there. When Jesus talks to his disciples, he says, Look, I've given you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send him whenever I go home. He's going to be your helper. He's going to be your guide. He's going to be your comforter. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the choice that we have. But here's what we do. We, we go through this life and we mess up and we, we think that we're just so segregated. And spiritually, you are set apart when you sin from God if, without Christ. You're set apart. And what we want to do is we want to choose Matt's way of doing things. And whatever your name is. We want to choose my way. I want to do this. And God says, 
will you just choose me? There are people that are walking around our world right now in Mount Vernon, around this area, state, country, whatever. They are walking around and they are spiritually blind. It's very dark where they live. Every day. I told Mary the other day, we were going through something and uh, just life. And I said, what do you think it would be like to go through what we're going through right now without Christ? People are doing it all around you every day. How do they, why, why do we think that suicide rate's high? Yeah, because they're going through it blindly. They don't have, they don't even understand what this hope is. And if you don't have hope in Christ today, if you do not know who Jesus is, by the end of today, you're going to understand fully what that is. And if you don't know who Jesus is, if you've never made that decision, I am ecstatic that you're here. But I'm also ecstatic that everybody else is here. That we have people that are, that are followers of Jesus Christ coming in. And sometimes we don't do this. We don't do it. We have a hard time because we get stuck on self. We get stuck on our pride. And we, don't cho- we choose Matt or whatever your name is. We don't choose hope. And sometimes, often, it gets us in trouble. Let me ask you a couple questions this morning. Just answer them to yourself. Or if you have your worship handout, you can jot, uh, you can jot some notes down. We made, it, we made it interesting for you. Has anybody opened their worship handout? No? See, everybody, I was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. It's cool. It's cool. See, you can open it up and you got to work for it today. Right? Uh, but on there, we had a community loving yesterday. And if you don't know what a community loving is, we, we have a budgeted line item uh, of dollars in, in our budget that we, three, four, five, six times a year, we go out into our community. And we, yesterday, Ken Jane is ahead of that, and he did a fantastic job. And yes, there were people that showed up in 188,000 degree weather yesterday. And it, I think it was that high. I don't have a thermometer that goes that high, but it was close, 188,000. Um, and we went to a ball diamond. And there were many, many people. And some people who were here uh, from church, and they were, they were watching the game. Some of their relatives were, pr- were playing. And my mind drifted back to when I played baseball in the summer in tournaments. And you know what I realized? I've come to understand I was a catcher. I come to understand that I do not miss catching on days like yesterday. <laughs> but we walked around and gave away basketballs and soccer balls and wiffle ball bats. And at the aquatic center, some other people were there from our church. We split up. You should have saw the eyes of this four or five-year-old young man and his brother. I gave his young brother a tractor, and, and I walked up to this young boy. He's getting ready to go into the aquatic center. He's already ready. No shirt on, walking through the parking lot barefoot. He's ready, okay? And it was 188,000 degrees, so, yeah, you know. And I walked up to him, and I said, hey, man. And I got down like this. I said, I said, our church just wants to tell you that we love you and that God loves you. You think you could have some fun with this today? And it was an awesome super soaker water gun. And his eye, he did this. He goes, yes. (laughs) I feel that we're related somehow. Okay, I don't know the kid, but I feel. (laughs) Why do we do that? We have people ask us. We we gave away stuff yesterday, and one of the most popular questions that we get asked is, why are you doing this? Because we want people to know that hope is real. 
Hope is alive. God loves them. We love them. We don't care where you come from. We are very, very interested in where you're going spiritually. We have to choose to be that way, though. But thank you for those people that... 188,000 is pretty hot. I'm, I'm thankful for the people that came out uh, yesterday. We're going to have another one in August. We will publicize that. We will need a lot more people to help. Uh, we're going to be part of Christian Family Day up on the Logan Street property. That's uh, where all the churches in the, the county get together. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. We'll give you some details later um, about that. But in chapter 5, Jesus is teaching. Jesus is teaching about choosing hope. He, he starts... He's starting, he's the second, third, the fourth verse of what they call the Sermon on the Mount, probably the most popular sermon ever preached. Um, last week we looked at spiritually poor. This week, Matthew 5, 4 says, God blesses those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And some of us are sitting here right now. I told you I was going to ask you those questions. Listen to this. Some of you are sitting here, right here, and, and you're looking at this, and you, in your head you're thinking, man, I should be way comforted because I'm mourning all the time. We have stuff that comes up in our life. There are things that do not go right. But I want to ask you these two questions. You can jot it down on your worship handout. Do you have hope? It's a very simple question. Do you have hope? Do you have hope in you? I have been through things in my life. Mary and I have lost a baby. Uh, Mary and I have, we found out that we were pregnant. She, came, she called um, the day after I was, I was not rehired at a job. Um, and she called the very next day and she says, hey, I have some news. We're pregnant. <laughs> that, is, that is an instance in my life that I had to choose hope. <laughs> God, I can't do this. No way I can do this. I'm, but I'm choosing and I'm trusting. Here's the word. Trust and hope go hand in hand. In order to have the hope, you have to trust the hope is there. It's faith. Sometimes we don't trust. Man, some of us in this room currently right now have people in our lives that we don't trust at all. And if you take that trust and you compare it to your spirituality trust with God, that's where it's hindered. Because people let us down. God won't. But we have to understand that. We have to choose. So, so how in the world could a person that is mourning be blessed and comforted? God blesses those who mourn. Okay. Life happens to them. For they shall be comforted. If they seek him. Because this, this is what we do. When something happens, and if you're a follower of Christ, you know, that, you know what you need to put here. You know what you need to plug in. But often, we keep going around trying to put a, a, a square peg in a round hole. It's not what goes there. It's, I just got to hunt one more time, and I'll be okay. I just need to go drive around. I'll be okay. I need to do this. I need to do this. When what we need to be doing is what that person told me this morning. They said, I just really felt like God just wanted me to talk to him and pray for the people that were going to be here. She's choosing How can we do this? How is this even possible? The gospel is Jesus. Some of you may be like, who, 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 who is Jesus? 
God's son that came here, lived a perfect life. And we look at, we look at mourning, and, and because Jesus is our perfect example, um, if, you, if there's anybody out here that just sometimes you, maybe it's just me, but is anybody like, there, there are things that stick in your brain that are, some of them are just useless, but yet you remember them? I mean, is anybody like that? For instance, if you go to locker number 95 in Albion grade school, that was my sixth grade locker, the combination is 29-5-17. Not joking. And so, some of you are going, wow, he's a genius. No, it's just useless random information that I don't need that will not leave my head. But oftentimes this is, this is a question, what's the shortest verse in the Bible? Well, people say Jesus wept, okay. It's John eleven thirty five. But it has way more implications than just being the shortest verse of the Bible. And it has way more implications than just being two words. Jesus was showing real emotion because he was fully human and fully God. He was showing emotion because his friend Lazarus had died. So it's, it's a mourning process. And sometimes in, in this life, we go through these processes. But do you realize that God is bringing you through this process? And I talked with somebody before a sermon started this morning about wrestling with God. Shane and Shane, I, I'm not on the Shane and Shane, I kind of am right now, but they have a, a song that I've been listening to, it's called Psalm 46, and it talks about the Lord of hosts, and it's straight out of scripture, about how God will lead, was leading uh, the people, and that he will be with us wherever we go, and in a, a line in this song, listen to this, he, they say, the God, to the God that makes the mountains melt talking about his power to the god that makes the mountains melt watch this come wrestle with me and win wrestling with god wrestling with god is not unscriptural unscriptural it's very biblical david wrestled with god david screamed at god there's some words in the psalm that i think should be like fully capitalized exclamation points and you to read it like that because he was so upset and then other times, he's so, he's so sorry for what, he, what he's done and the seriousness. To the God who makes the mountains melt, come wrestle with me and win. When you're mourning and you choose, you choose hope. You choose to talk with God. When you choose to say, God, I can't, please do. I can't, please do, please. The mourning process, maybe leaving things on this earth that you do, there's a mourning process. People, there's a mourning, we lose people, there's a mourning process. But when you seek God, when you're mourning, there's a promise. For they shall be comforted. Wow. Anybody, anybody know off the top of their head, if, if you've done the... Uh, the um, the five love languages test, and out of those five love languages, anybody physical touch? Me? I'm not the only one. All right, cool. There's people in here that, that you feel really loved in worship all ago. My wife knows that that's one of, one of my things. And she, and she comes over here, and she stands by me, and I'm, and I'm singing like this. I'm, si- I'm singing, and all of a sudden, she holds my hand. <sighs> I, still get, I still get just almost dizzy when I'm around her. She amazes me. But she touches me. Nothing inappropriate. She just wants me to say, hey, I'm here. You realize that God speaks your complete love language. He speaks them all. And this comforted word means, hey, 
however you need to feel loved and comforted, that's what God does. So in the, in the worst spot of your life, mourning or whatever, God says, listen, if you seek me, I will comfort you. How awesome. You realize this is the same God in John 1, 1 that spoke the world into existence. He can make mountains melt, yet he wants to wrestle with you and win. Today you're walking through, the man, I'm a follower of Christ, and I'm walking through life, and it's just really like I don't have any hope in a situation. You have to choose it. You had to choose Christ. You have to choose this. And when you're mourning, you're at a pretty low spot. You have to choose. When Jesus wept over Lazarus, I, I was reading this with some, I was reading it from some men that are much more intelligent than I am. But the fact that Jesus wept in John eleven thirty five may not have just been. It was because he showed his emotions for his friend Lazarus that passed away. But watch this. Could it be that Jesus was mourning over the consequences of our sin? He was headed to the cross. The consequences that Adam and Eve started in, in the garden in Genesis 3 that, that broke the whole machine. Was it, is it not possible that Jesus was literally so upset because pre-sin, there's no talk about death. And he was talking about the, maybe the consequences. Maybe he, was, maybe he was mourning. But there is a grieving process. When you mourn, what do you think about? Positive or negative when you're mourning? Negative. If you're new to connection, I try, I try impressions and they're not good. But I'm going to try again. I've done this one before. There are, there are people that have pled the blood of Jesus Christ, have the Holy Spirit living inside them, have all hope and all cures to even things more, more difficult than cancer because they have Christ in them. And we walk around this world like this. I'm so happy today. What? There's not a single person in this world that wants, to, that wants your God walking around like that. Oh, I'm not going to get saved. Do you see how he acts? Everything's always negative. I'm so grateful. <sighs> Stop being Eeyore. Be Tigger. Bounce. Some people asked me this morning, how much coffee have you had? And I said, one cup. We have the hope of eternity in heaven with the creator of the world that sent his personal son to die for you. And we walk around this earth like this. Yeah, church was so good today. He let us out five minutes early. It's not going to happen today. But we, he blesses those who mourn because if they seek him, they will be comforted. And I'm telling you, no matter how your wife or your husband or your friends or your kids, or your neighbor, whatever, no matter who in your life can love you the best way that you need to be loved, they fall far short of how God can comfort you. The peace beyond understanding. At the copier, I can tell you the name of the guy. But he knew that I wasn't going to, I didn't get rehired for the next year. And he goes, he goes, you're whistling and you're making copies. You're sick. 
He goes, what is wrong with you? He goes, they, they're not going to rehire you. And I looked at him and I called him my name and I said, listen to me. No, I'm not happy. No, right now I don't have abundant joy. But I do have hope in this fact. My God has never, ever, ever let me down. It may not look how I think it should look, but he's never let me down. You know why? He can't. He can't. That's how much bank you can just, you can just bank on his, his, his hope and just choosing him. But hope is a choice. And if I could make it for you, I would. But I can't. So if you look at the, the first uh, message worship handout blank, if you have your message handout, worship handout, you can fill in some blanks this morning. But watch this. When we choose how we want to choose, it often ends badly. <laughs> we don't have time for me to give you paper and say, on June 18th, 2004, uh, I did this. We would be here for years. Think about the last time that you decided what you were going to do, when you were going to do it, and how that went. I told you the story last, a couple months ago. I thought it was a, I learned to cook from my grandmother, both, both sides, and my mom. I love to cook. Um, and I got in there, and they, I insisted on doing this. And they said, don't do it. I'm a kid. It's going to happen. I'm going to do it. Because it smells so good. But I will tell you that eating a full tablespoon of baking cocoa is not a good idea. It was awful. Do you know that there's no sugar in that? It smells better than Nestle's Quick, and there's no sugar. See, I chose. I chose something that I wanted to do. Watch this. After I was warned not to. If you've read some of the instructions, and you know what you should and shouldn't do, and then you do something on purpose that God says there's consequences for, it usually ends badly. And when it ends badly, we go back to mourning, but for the negative stuff. Oh. Oh, it's like, it's like somebody is dragging some of us through life. Bounce. Seriously. When is the last time that something bad has happened to you, in your opinion, and you have chose to say this, chosen to say this, God, what do you want me to learn from this? This is not fun right now. And I'm not going to play games like it is. This is not fun to go through. But what do you want me to learn do you know that if you just ask that question, do you have any idea of the information overload that God will give you? I'm teaching you to trust me. I'm teaching you to grow your faith. I'm teaching you how to be a better leader. I'm teaching you how to be a better husband and a dad. Your way's not working. Your way's not working. Sometimes we have pain in our life. Now, I want to show you, I want to show you this. Pain is real, and I get it. It's very real, very, very real. But I want you to look at this next worship handout blank. Pain is God's way of letting us know something is wrong. Denial is when we refuse God's help. So how do we choose hope when we're talking about pain and denial? Spiritual pain? Have you ever been there? God, I feel like you're not answering me. Conviction of the Holy Spirit in your life? Or maybe you live what Paul says. And I think if we're honest, we can all say yes to this. The, the things that we don't want to do, we end up doing. The things that we want to do, we end up not doing. 
Man, we have good intentions, don't we? We're great starters. First day on the job. Yes, sir. Third day on the job. <clears throat> Pain is God's way of letting us know something is wrong. If you're, one of the scariest things that we, I think we've ever experienced in our life is, is when our kids, pre them being able to talk, would come up to us and they would be crying. No form of communication. They can't, they can't verbalize what is wrong. So you have to determine. And it's scary. You realize that you cannot come to God. You cannot come to God without him already knowing what's going on. Then sometimes we, sometimes we play this crazy game. We go to God and we say, God, I'm hurting. <laughs> and God, however cool voice he has, he goes, I know. Then, he, then, then something really crazy. Then he says, hey, the answer's in there. You should read it. So we read it, and then we say, okay, boom, trust God. And it's like he writes his prescription for you, and this is what we do. God, I'm sick. Here's a prescription. And we say, nah, I'm good. Listen, my, I broke this arm. I don't know if you can see that. I have a huge, this big scar here, and I have metal with four, four screws through my bone. It was really fun. No. And um, I don't want to really gross you out, but my arm didn't look like this when I broke it. It was kind of like an S, where my arm was like this, and my hand was up here. <laughs> do you know what I didn't do that day? I didn't tell my doctor what should happen. Didn't have to. I come in like this. He go <laughs> He's just real humorous. Arm broke? <laughs> Want your nose broke? No, I didn't. I didn't say that. Yeah, I mean, this doctor, I looked and I thought it was going to say Captain Obvious right here, but it did not. Okay, doctor, whatever his name was. But he, he told me what we needed to do. Then he said, when you get home, there's too much angulation in your bone. It will not set and will not go right. You have to have surgery. What am I going to do? I'm 21 years old. I still have a senior year to play in baseball. What do I do? I fixed it. But you know how crazy it would have been? For me to be in that doctor's office, he says, your arm's broke. I said, no, it's fine. See ya. I, mean, I would still be like this. It's, it doesn't make any more sense that, to say that than it does to say, hey, God, I'm hurting. I know. Let me comfort you. Mourn with me. God wants to take you on this journey because when he takes you through this journey, when you're having this and you wrestle with him, he's going to show you comfort. Don't walk out of the doctor's office and say, eh, I know, that's, that's probably really good advice. But I'm just going to go. We're, we're, we're so guilty. <laughs> on the screen, look at Psalm 37 with me. This is one of my, this is one of my favorite psalms in the Bible. Um, but I love this. Every day for the year, you can, you can read those first two words. 366 times, I believe, in Scripture you can hear, don't worry. Don't worry. Do you think there's uh, a connection between connection the the day the number of days that we have in our calendar year and the number of times that appears in scripture? These things don't just happen. Don't worry. Some of us are warriors. Some of you are going, oh man, I'm worried that he knows I'm a warrior. We worry. Some of you just get that. That's good. Okay. I said, don't don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. Have you 
Instead of choosing hope and running our own race spiritually with God through this life, we compare ourselves to the Joneses. And we went through money, the total money makeover. You heard me say, this is from Dave Ramsey, he says, stop trying to keep up with the Joneses because the Joneses are broke. Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. You are responsible for this. Are you ready for this? You are responsible for your walk spiritually in this life. If you are a parent, you are to help teach those young people as they grow up, those kids. And whenever they get to an age of adult, you're responsible for your walk with Christ. You are. He said, don't worry about that. Keep your eyes on me. Verse 2. For like grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Listen, in, in my job, I do weddings and I do funerals. Everything, if it's a funeral, everything that that person has had in their lifetime is not coming with them. Solomon says in Ecclesiastes, there is a season for everything. And there, that we're here, but for a vapor of time. Our life is like a vapor. For like grass, speaking of, with all this tremendous heat and unbelievable amounts of rain, I have mowed three times in the last nine days. Now, some of you are going, I bet you enjoyed that. Not when it's 188,000, 175,000 maybe, but seriously, the grass, I cut it, man, last night I cut it, it looked awesome. I woke up this morning, I think I heard the grass growing. I'm going to put a trail camera on it. I physically heard it, and I think, I like to do this, but how stupid is this? I'm going to cut it. It's been this way. Four days later, if you don't cut it, you're going to bail it. But for like grass, they soon fade away. Four, four or five days after you mow your yard, sometimes with rain and heat, and the grass grows so you can't even tell that you mowed it the last time. There's no marks. Look at verse 3. So verse 1 says, don't, uh, don't worry. Verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will have, or then you will live safely in the land and prosper. He's giving directions here. And number 4, my, this, is, this is one of my life, life verses. It says, take delight in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. If you, your heart's desires. If you walk into our house, this is, we have a picture of this right by our door. So that every single time I leave the house, it's to remind me that I'm supposed to delight in the, in the Lord. And then what that means for me, just for me, is, Matt, when you leave this house, nobody wants to follow Eeyore. Be a tigger for me. Cool, I've involved caffeine, I'm in. So <laughs> we, we, were, we were to take delight in God. What, what does that mean? That means that every step you take is, God, where do you want me to go? How do you want me to serve? What do you want me to do? And you enjoy it. Man, somebody came in the kitchen, and I was, I was in there listening to my laptop, and we were listening to music, and I was making coffee, and the guy comes in, and he goes, whoa, how much coffee? I get asked this, ask this all the time, but how much coffee have you already had? One cup at a time. God, God wants us to be happy. You want to you make an impact in where you work? You can, you can keep doing what you've been doing. Or you can say, God, I, I want you to just give me joy that I can process in my daily life. 
Let me be magnetic. When's the last time you prayed, hey, I'll be magnetic? Do you realize that you can take the hope that you have and pass it on to someone else? Why are you so happy? I love it when somebody asks me that. Jesus. Because you don't know what I've been through in this life, and you have no idea what he's forgiven me for and from. And you have no idea how honored and privileged I am to be living the life that I'm living now because of him. It's all him. God has used different people in my life to teach me. But that hope, my hope, comes from God. Nothing else. Nowhere else. Verse, in verse 3, we're called to trust God. And in verse, in verse 4, uh, you can read this incorrectly. Say, okay, if, if I honor God, then he will give me my heart's desires. My heart's desire, please, dear Jesus, is a new Lamborghini. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about what Paul talks about in chapter 4 of Philippians. And we, we, we read, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Paul is not talking about human strength at all. He's talking about having the strength to be content with where God puts you and to do the, God, the job that God has given you to do. Take delight in the Lord. He will give you your heart's desires. Because when you wrestle with the God that can make mountains melt, when you wrestle with him, God, what do you want me to do? He, he changes your heart to where it matches his. That's beautiful. You know why? Because I'm ugly spiritually. And I'm adopted. I'm, I'm, I'm into the family of Christ because Jesus is my savior. And I don't deserve anything. I don't deserve anything. But after, after I die, I tell my wife this all the time. My kids aren't in here. But I've talked to my kids about this. I said, if something happens to me, and I pass away. I'm 38 years old. If I pass away, I want you to have a sold-out worship conference, worship concert at Connection. Invite every single one of my friends that plays instrument, and I just want you to jam out, and I want you to share the gospel with anybody that walks in that door that doesn't know you, know him. Now, that'd be a little weird, huh? Heck no. You know, you realize that as soon as we breathe our last breath on this earth, if you have the hope in Christ and the forgiveness of the blood of Jesus in your life, you realize that the next breath is going to be in the presence of God where the pavement is gold. I won't be crying. Maybe they have Segway tours of heaven. I don't know. Just going around heaven. I don't know, but I promise that I won't be crying. There will be joy. There will be worship. But what we do is we say, man, I have this all inside me. I have this all inside me. And there's somebody standing right next to you at work that's going through life. I think I should just end my life tomorrow. I know what those thoughts are. But my story wasn't over. God happened. Matt, you're putting your hope in people. Put it in me. Look at verse 5. He says, commit everything. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust, there's that word again, trust and hope go hand in hand. Trust him and he will help you. Verse 6, he will make your innocence radiate like the dawn. Wow. Do you know anybody that when they walk in the room, it's like, wow. They are in the room. I have have a couple friends that I, I joke with him about this, but I honestly believe, seriously, being around them spiritually is like this. It, it sounds 
And when you hear them talk, when you hear them say something about other people, whenever you, you, they talk about the blessings that God has done in their life, I'm telling you right now, if they come and mow your yard, I think that they sweat Jesus. Everything they do honors God. I know, I know they sin. They're, they're human. But I'm tell, I joke with one of my buddies. I said, hey, when you get up in the morning pre-coffee, do you physically high-five Jesus Christ in your house? It's like he's that close to him. He, he goes, no, I don't high-five Jesus. We play the up high, down low, too slow game. And he's, he's, he's pretty funny. <laughs> but it's like he high-fives Jesus. And he goes, man, I don't high-five Jesus. But I spend time with God and get to know him more and more every day. And that, and that is what God wants us to do. Because when we have, when we have this relationship with God that's so close, we begin to radiate we begin to become magnetic spiritually. People want to hang out around you. People will co- listen. If you if you're a follower of Christ and people and you're and you get a phone call from a friend that's going through some stuff, they're having some trouble or whatever. Do you realize that they see you radiate enough that you have answers for them? This is it. Look at verse six. He, and he goes on. He says, "Radiate like the dawn." And the ju- and some of you don't even know when the dawn is. Everybody know what the dawn when the dawn is. No, okay, we're just going to pass that. Let's talk about the sun, because evidently we're going to see a lot of sun today. Your justice, the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. I promise you on everything, unless, unless God does some trickery. When you walk out of this church, it will not feel like it does in here right now. Some of you are hot, some of you are cold. I, I, it's, this, it's like pin the tail on the donkey for getting the temperature right in here, especially with a thousand square foot roof or whatever i don't know what it is but he says he says i will make you i will make you radiate one of the favorite things to do in the world is to is to go fishing and to go fishing really early or just stay out catching catfish all night and watch the sun come up or be in a deer stand and watch the sun come up some of you actually don't know that that happens every day but it does it it goes down but it also comes up and it happens at a time of day where some people don't know that it is but i love being outside and i love being outside in the winter bow hunting or gun hunting deer and, w- and, it, and have snow, and watch the sun come up. Wow. You just sit there, and the whole earth around you just looks like diamonds. And God just put you there because, watch this, man. Watch this. Look at verse, look at verse 7. Be still in the presence of the Lord. Here you go. You want to underline two words in your Bible that you really like? Wait patiently for him to act. Look, for another day, don't worry. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Wait patiently on the Lord. Don't, don't get upset when it's not instant. And then we, don't, you can't give up before God happens. If you do, you will completely miss it. Completely. Look at verse 8. Stop being angry. Yikes. One of my life problems is anger. I told you last week I come from a door slamming family. I can tell you based on noise, loudness of slam, fastness of slam, how mad my parents were. So what I do? I get older. Door slam. Door slam, door slam. Because we copy the behaviors. I'm trying. Yesterday, something I put on Facebook yesterday. One of the most dramatic things, first world problem ever happened to me yesterday. I had an iPhone 6S. See, I'm really up on the times. I have an iPhone 6S. And I had it, and it was working fine. Don't go into this. iPhone's not as good as him. I don't believe you. Anyway, 
Apple has the Apple. Like, the Bible. Okay, anyway, I know it was bad. So you're like, oh. Okay. So I have my iPhone, and the charging port went bad. So I went to Verizon, and I said, hey, guys, this is broke. And he said, oh, sir, you pay, you pay insurance, and we'll, we'll get, you, uh, get you another phone, and we'll have it to you by in the morning. I said, right on. We're cool so far. I get home the next day, and Mary goes, your phone's here. Yeah, all right. So we go back to Verizon. Get it all checked out. Change all my stuff over. Everything's good. Yesterday it puked. It completely died on me. Charging port's bad. I, now, uh, in honesty, I spend too much time on my phone, but I do need, for a lot of church stuff and things that I do, I do a lot of stuff on my phone. My kids were at my mom and dad's for about four hours yesterday. I spent all that time not with my wife. Actually, I spent it with my wife in the same room. I was on the phone for four hours yesterday. Praise the Lord. Amen. Anyway, we're getting all this settled this week, and I'll have a phone by Tuesday. Actually, I may have a phone this afternoon for just calling, but forgive me. Just message me on Facebook. Um, but it's, it's, it's turned out to be a pretty nice break. Because you can't get a hold of me. <laughs> just, just kidding. So I do all this, and yesterday I'm driving back with Mary to show you that I struggle with anger. She goes, my mind is blown. I said, what? She goes, you didn't even raise your voice in Verizon store. I said, well, no, I didn't. She goes, you're not that mad. I said, oh, I said, and I told her this. I said, let's not talk about what's going on inside, but I'm responsible for what comes out of here. <laughs> I was upset. I was but it, it, was, it was really nice to hear her, she says, because she said, that's gotten better. Man, thank God I'm not the man that I wasn't, or that I, that I was back there. I'm not the man that God wants me to be yet, but thank God I'm not the guy that I used to be. Look, look at the next blank in your worship handout. I want you to fill these in real quick. Number one, if you, if you want to seek hope, if you want to tell somebody about hope, this is the easiest way you can do it. Number one, God exists. In order to have hope, Spiritually, in God, you have to understand that he exists. I love, I love this. John 1, 1, the God, the Father, and the Son. The, the, the God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are together. It, it shows the creation of the world. They've eternally always been. They eternally always will be. Uh, if you come up after church and say, Matt, will you explain eternity to me? I will say, no, because I can't. But we have to understand that God exists. And some of you need to hear this. This, 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 this next blank, and you need to underline this, you need to cut it out, you need to put it in your wallet or your purse, you need to put it on a mirror, because I understand where you've been if you don't have good thoughts about yourself. This is for real. This is where hope comes from. It comes from God because he exists. Look at the second blank. Look at this. You matter to him. You matter. I used to teach a 15-year-old boy. I started when I was 13. And I told him one day we were going to school, and I said, hey, Michael, I'm not being silly. I'm not being weird. Guys don't do this well. Guys just don't do this well. And I looked at him, and I said, I said, I just want you to know that I'm proud of you, and I love you. And he's 15 years old, and he looked at me, and he goes, my parents have never even told me that. You matter. I was also there the night that Michael got saved and gave his life to Christ. I've never seen anybody come forward faster than that. He flew down the aisle. My dad was preaching. I was trying to lead worship without crying. And I see Michael almost face plant and slide across a wooden floor to get to the altar because he, know, he knew 
He knew that he needed hope, and he knew at that moment that he mattered to a God that created this whole thing. When you come to an understanding of God exists and that you matter to him, God also has this. Let's look at the last one. God has the power to change you in your situation. There are people in this room that have gone from having a horrific marriage to, a, to one that, that is okay. They all, they, all of us have stuff. There, there are people that have given up com, just total addiction to substances, and now they are free. All of these, all these different, God has the power to change you in your situation. So if you are walking around without hope, I want you to understand this. Jesus Christ came to die for everything that you've ever done that is wrong. Everything. You matter to him. God sent Jesus to live a perfect life, and on a cross, he gave up his life for you, paying the price for your sin. Followers are walking around this earth right now. You, better, you, you need to go back to your roots sometimes. Understand that God exists. I matter to him. I matter. Can you... This, this afternoon, I just want you to go around in your house or wherever you're going, and I want you to say this about 10 times. Understanding it, looking up, I just want you to say this. I matter to you. I matter. Because I've been in a place where I didn't think I did. And there's no better hope than trusting God that you matter. If you're going through something right now, God has the power to change your situation. And he has the power to change you. You're not stuck. God has a big excavator. You're not stuck. You're not stuck. I don't care if you're completely buried in the mud. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. <laughs> love lifted me. The love that Jesus displayed on the cross for us lifted me. I matter. And you matter. If this is new to you, if, you, if you've never heard or you want to you know more about, about what Jesus can do in your life, I'm going to be up here a little bit later after, after the service is over. You come and talk to me. We'll sit down and we'll talk. We'll hash, thing, hash things out. I'll answer some questions if you need me to answer something. But I just want to say thank you. Be Tigger. Don't be Eeyore. Choose hope. Choose to trust in a God that has a plan for you. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much. We give you all the honor and the glory and the praise for the songs that we sang this morning, the musicians that gave of their time, the people that, that drove and gave up their time, maybe even on vacation to come here and visit this morning. God, I pray for a blessing on the people whenever we leave the door of this, the doors of this church. God, that we can understand that we matter to you. You exist. Everything we have is from you. And God, that if we're not happy where we are the things in our life that you have the power to change us, but we have to choose you and we have to choose hope. Maybe there's somebody that we work next to every single day. God, I ask for, for strength for these people and for me to be bold about the, with the gospel of Christ, that we, that we be so magnetic, that we may radiate God's love, that it literally looks like we high-five Jesus in the morning. God, we love you. Thankful, God for what you do for us and how you care for us and that we matter. In your name we pray, amen.